Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You gotta, you gotta have skin in the game in your own dream. You gotta be, we all are believers, but if you, have, if you want somebody to believe in what you're doing, you gotta show them the skin in the game that you have. It could be, you know, it could be education, it could be financial, it could be a team, resources, but your dream is your dream and you have to protect that dream by all means. At the same time, you have to be willing to show individuals what you're willing to, to, to sacrifice for your dream. What are you willing to sacrifice for your commitment? What are you willing to forego in order to support and take your dream to, to make your dream either reality or take your dream from reality to the next level of, of escalation or success that you're looking for. Thanks all for tuning into Dreamcatchers where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dreams. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Catchers Podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I got the extreme... I don't even know how to put the right words together for okay. this, man. I got a legend with me today, no, Eric no. Robinson. Listen, man, guys, Eric was in Spain at the running of the Bulls, and I get a message that says, have you heard what E-Rob's been doing? I said, E-Rob vanished. I haven't talked to him in <laughs> I don't know how long. He's like, yeah, because he's been doing work. I was like, okay, here we go. He's like, you just need to connect with him, find out what's going on. It was something about coffee houses, barbershops, or salons, or something, houses. I'm just like, wait, so you mean to tell me I meet this guy at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University? Aggie Pride. We play football together. We do engineering together. And then this guy just goes back home and becomes a legend. And I get to say I went to school with this guy. Oh, so come with on. that... Hey, Eric, tell these guys what's been going on in the past few years, and, and then we'll dive into more of the show. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, so a pleasure to be here. Number one, man, I appreciate the opportunity. So, yeah, man, just back attempting to, to make 
make a difference, man. Attempting to to get better, attempting to learn, still still growing, you know, in my walk, still growing in corporate America, and attempting attempting to be influential in the community, man. So that that's my goal to help develop people, help be a part of of, of you know the movement, you know, and, and not only you know doing it for the culture, man, but making sure at the same time it's about you know transition, change, and, and developing people. That's that's my mission, man. It's about developing people. Now we talked about a month ago, and you said, "Yeah, I retired my mom." I said, <laughs> "You did what?" He's like, "Yeah, my mom works for me full time." Well, I can't really call it full time, but my mom works for me now. Talk yes. to me, Eric. What's going on, man? Oh man, so probably in twenty. 15, man, uh, my mom, just like every single mom, man, makes the sacrifices and, and gets things done, you know, and, and ultimately her and I were talking and for years she's been working in, you know, the, the social social field, not necessarily a social worker, however, working with disadvantaged youth, work, working with youth who have developmental disabilities and so you know, she was, she was, she was like, Hey, I, I want to start something. I want to get, I really want to be a part of the change. I want to be a part of making a difference and not just talking about all the problems that, that I see. And so we started an organization called because you matter. And our tag is all about shaping better lives, man. Um, and so we started that journey in 20, in the 2014, 2015, and it's a lengthy process. You got to go through various certifications. After we got that started, man, you know, we picked up some clients, you know, started to to see what it was really about, you know, started working with individuals. And then I'll say at the end of 2016 is when things started to really transition for us and take off. And so she said, you know what, you know, she was still working and balancing the business. We sat down and had a conversation, man. And so she said, well, how are we going to continue this? And, and I said, we'll figure it out. Um, ultimately, I came back to her. And I said, um, what do you think about just retiring? And uh, she was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's not working. Just let's do, we, let's go all in. We gonna, we'll figure it out together. And, and, and ultimately, man, she took that leap of faith with me, man. And here we are, what, four years later, you know, still, still moving strong, brother. Wow. So what is, tell, me, tell me about this, because we didn't really get into this one. What is, what is Because You Matter actually do? And how is it making an impact on the community? Ah, great question, man. So because you matter, we, we partner with uh, Hamilton County Developmental Disability, uh, DDS Social Service. Um, and ultimately, we have various certifications with the county and, and we take on clients, anything from helping them acclimate to living on their own all the way up to doing uh, taking individuals into the home. So we have a home that we've set up to bring individuals into. Uh, and really, it's really about inclusiveness. It's, you know, the county is big on being more inclusive, getting people out in the workforce, making sure that they can be, you know, have the same life, no matter what their disability may be. It could be something as simple as a mental behavior, you know, uh, to some we I have one client who's autistic and doesn't doesn't um, doesn't respond verbally but has the ability to understand everything you say and, and communicate with you so we are again working with the county uh, 
We, we, we're certified by Medicaid and we're partnering with these families to make an impact their loved one lives. So that's what it's all about, man. So how do you get into something like that? That's a really specialized service. I don't, I don't see that on your career trajectory. So what's interesting <laughs> is um, the mentally challenged? Yeah, man. So we, we, we I mean, it, it took a lot of research, but it took a lot of research. So we actually started to, to research it. And so we're certified by the board that sits in Columbus, Ohio. And what they do is they take you through a process where, of course, they dig into your background, make sure you have the appetite and the education and the resources to really get this thing started. So we went through that process. They come down, they do an inspection on your home. They go through your policies and procedures manual. Um, and then Medicaid, man, they just dig all into your business. So criminal history, education, background, why you want to get this started. Let's look at your policies and procedures manual. We got the fire. You had to get the fire uh, marshal involved to come and inspect the home that you're bringing individuals into. And, and really, it's kind of a collaborative effort across Hamilton County, the certifying board in Columbus and the Cincinnati Police Department. Um, to make sure that you are able to support the individuals that you're working with and, and provide them with a safe environment and a progressive environment. So. Wow. So did you have any experience with this before you got started on your own or your mom or what's... Uh, yeah, so my mom had been doing it for uh, 20 years. Uh, when I was at A&T, uh, absolutely Aggie pride. Uh, we, I actually used to work with, with young men back when I first came to A&T. Funny enough, I was actually in a program when I first came to A&T. So I had partnered with a guy, uh, when I, when I got down there working with you. So started it back in North Carolina, continued it on, continued it on when I moved to various states. And, and so we have quite a bit of a bit of an experience, uh, doing this work, so. Man, I didn't even realize you were doing that on top of all the other stuff you were doing, but I should have known. <laughs> so, you know, on the, on, the, on the podcast, I like to ask people about defining moments. So if you could, do me a favor and tell me about three defining moments over the course of your life. Three defining moments, man. I would say number one would moving my brother to North Carolina, man. So after I had left Cincinnati, uh, my younger brother, you know, you know, being that knucklehead child, you know, started to get into more trouble. Uh, he watched and observed. I didn't realize how much he observed things that I did growing up. I ultimately, to make sure that he had a better life, I actually moved him down to North Carolina A&T with me for my last two years of college. So took care of him. And I think that started a movement with a lot of individuals I was close to because they were starting to bring down their cousins or their younger family members who may have been getting in trouble, who may have not had, you know, the opportunity to be around individuals who were progressive. So um, that was one of the more, the, one of the first things that I could think about. And, and during that time, man, he got to not only see how I made the transition from out of Cincinnati into college, he got to live it and experience it firsthand himself. So he was playing varsity football, you know, hanging out with, with me and, and, you know, my frat brothers, you know, Omega Sci-Fi. And so I, that put him on a different trajectory himself for moving past the things that he was accustomed to coming from Cincinnati and where we grew up at. So that would definitely be one of the more defining moments that I can think about. Wow. 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 So after you graduated, what happened next? Where'd you go? 
So when I graduated, actually, uh, I moved to St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, there was a guy by the name of John Hicks who had a pretty good relationship with the chair of our department. He recruited myself and another friend. And so I moved to St. Louis and started working for the Boeing Company. And I was there for a little over seven years, but moved to St. Louis, you know, was in an accelerated program, had a good, you know, path for my career. And then after about seven and a half years, went back and got uh, two master's degrees and then started to look at what was what was next for me, man, and that next step in, in my career path. So uh, after I left NT, I'd actually moved to St. Louis, Missouri. You're just going to slide in two master's degrees. What, 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 <laughs> is, what is these degrees in? There you go, man. Huh? What are you doing? An MBA and an engineering? Uh, what are you, what are yeah, so it, it was my it was my MBA in operations and then my master's in electrical engineering. So I went to Baylor uh, for grad school. Uh, so yeah, man, that it was just that next step, man. It's just always about learning and, and continuing to grow and develop and, and find ways to redefine yourself. All right. So you went to St. Louis. You you, you dropped some money on some graduate degrees and now you said you still got a, a corporate job and you're doing a bunch of other stuff too you're trying to be modest i'm not gonna let it happen though um, <laughs> you know you, you, you don't want people to know what's going on but we gonna i'm gonna get to it you should have never had that conversation with me before we hopped on this call but uh so going. what are you doing now man tell me tell me what does a normal day look like for eric Rowe? so i usually get up about 4 35 man and i uh kind of get my day started, look at what I have to have to get accomplished that day. So myself and a, and a good friend of mine and my mother, we opened up a coffee shop. Uh, and so it's called Sunny Blue Coffee House, named after my grandfather. I check in on them, make sure they have what, what they need. Um, and then I, I take an hour road trip to work. So I work for GE currently, man. So I have a, a pretty, pretty big team that is responsible in, in, in short for building generators and converters that go on the commercial aircraft. After that, man, I make that hour haul back down the way. From there, man, it's either meetings, you know, checking up on businesses, looking at what's next in line for what me and my business partner are trying to do, you know, making sure, you know, family's good, making sure my mother's good. And and that, that carries me through the day, man. So I, I'm usually... 5 a.m. till about 10 p.m. And then I start the day back over again, man. Woo! That sounds like discipline to me, my brother. I'm trying, man. I'm I'm trying. You know, it gets tough from time to time, but I'm trying, man. Working on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Tell me about your business partner. How'd you pick your business partner? Because, I mean, it seems to be going So, my business partner, uh, her name's Janelyn. We've We've known each other, man, since... Uh, almost 25 years, man. So went to high school together. And so we both left Cincinnati and we, we continued to stay connected. And we talked about doing business together. We talked about where we wanted to be in the future. And ultimately, you know, as of three years ago, we started our first, our first business venture together. And it just continues to, to to get better, man. So over our 20 plus years of knowing one another, we've, we've not only developed the relationship, um, I've gotten to know her family, she's gotten to know my family, but we, we have a good trust amongst one another, man. So the reason I decided to, to partner with her is because she has the experience that I don't, right? So she has the, she's ran bars and clubs and, and restaurants for over 20 years. I've continued to learn through corporate America 
you know, how to run P&Ls and, and how to, you know, continue to lead a business and, and as well, her being a leader. So it's just a good, it's a good, you know, partnership, man. Um, and again, where, where I don't excel, she does and vice versa, but we continue to challenge one another and learn from each other. Now you're married. And so I've seen a lot of people struggle with having kind of a male female business partnership and be married. It seems like there's always, you know, some kind of rub or issue or discomfort. So how are you guys bridging that gap? So uh, I'm not married. So oh, my God. Uh, no, 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 you're good. You're good. You're good, man. But um, ultimately, man, it's, it's with Janelyn. I mean, it's, it's a friend, man. She's been around for years. So, you know, anybody who, who, whether family or whether somebody I'm dating, they know her. You know, so it's not a, it's not a, I haven't had the, the experience of, you know, jealousy or who is she because they get that introduction. They know when they see me, they're going to see her. So that, that's been, that actually worked out pretty well, man. Yeah. I, I've seen things just blow up because it's like, I can imagine. why are you so close? You've known each other for so long. What are you telling her that you're not telling me? Like, it's just. It's one of those tough things when you have, you know, male-female partnership. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I've been fortunate enough, fortunate enough not to have that situation. So I'm, I'm not looking for it. And again, anybody who sees me, you will see her. You know, it, it's like it's just like with the kids, man. It's a package deal. So she's been around for a while. She's my business partner. <laughs> package deal, just like the kids. I love it. All right, man. Absolutely. So... Tell me, tell me, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in business so far? Mm, the biggest lesson is not, you know, people, not everybody is where you are, right? And so, you know, you have these friendships that you've developed over the years and you have the, the relationships with individuals, but that doesn't, and I think we all have an appetite for wanting to work with individuals that we're close to or that we built relationships with. However, that doesn't necessarily pan out. I mean, quite naturally, Janelyn, it did pan out, but I have a, a, a big, a big network, man. And people, people have a different appetite for risk and reward. So just understanding that, you know, people will not be where you are and vice versa. You may not be where they are, but that doesn't mean you still can't learn from that individual or you still can't bounce ideas off that individual, or you still don't have an opportunity down the road to, to leverage their skill set when the time does come. Um, that would probably be one of the biggest things that I've learned, man, so far. Hey guys, back in 2016, me and the team decided to formalize Dreamcatchers as an organization that can help people achieve their wildest dreams. If this is you, please visit our website at dreamshouldbereal.com in order to find out the details of our services and how we can help you become a Dreamcatcher. Talk to you soon. So if you could go back and do something over again or, or change something on your trajectory, is there something that you would do different or change? Oh, man. I'm a firm believer, man, that things happen for a reason and I don't believe in coincidences. I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything that I've done to this point uh, because everything has been you know, everything has been a stepping stone for me getting to the next level. Uh, I just wish I would have started it earlier, man. You know what I mean? I, I wish I would have started it back when I was at A&T or right when I got out of college. Um, however, my failures in the past, you know, from, 
you know, doing different things at A&T and not being successful, doing things uh, when I first got out of got out of college and not being successful, I think have all led me to where I am today. Um, had I done those things in the past, I don't know that I would have had the sustainable support that I do now. Um, so the thing, again, things happen for a reason. And, and you know, the only thing I, I could say, man, is to do it earlier or, or, or stay, stay closer to God's will so that I could have gotten here sooner, right? Um, so that's really it. So... You got me pulling two directions. I don't know which way to go, but I'm going to trust my intuition. So you said you don't believe in coincidences. You believe everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. What makes you believe that? I really believe that, man, because I'm a firm believer, and I think it starts with faith, right? I'm a firm believer that, you know, things will work out, you know, no matter how, when we're in, in the trenches of it, we may not believe that this is the best thing for us. I've, I've come to the understanding that and, and, the, the, and I've set my mind to, 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 to the state of it's going to work out. This is not something that is not going to benefit me or benefit someone. So uh, again, coincidences, I don't, I don't believe in them. You know, I believe in there's a path that we all have. It's on us to understand that path, right? By, by staying connected with, with God and by not only, you know, and sometimes just being still, just listening. So, uh, yeah, man, that, that's, I'm just a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Do you have a specific example of something that could have been seen as a coincidence and then you saw on the back end the reason why it had to happen the way it happened? Oh, absolutely, man. So funny enough, when I first got out of college, what I'm doing right now with my uh, social service organization, Because You Matter, I actually tried to do it back in 2006. Uh, I was living in St. Louis, like I said, and, you know, long story short, I had got purchased a home and got everything set up for that transition, only to find out that I hadn't educated myself well enough. And at this time, I had a house, I had invested a lot of money to convert this house. And so that, you know, at that time, you know, I saw it as, well, dad, you know, I've done all this work and put in all this effort only to, you know, not make it across the finish line. However, I look back, you know, I look, I fast forward now to, you know, uh, call it nine years later, where when I did do it the second time around, I, I had a better understanding of what I needed to do. I educated myself even more and made sure that I, you know, crossed all my T's, dotted all my I's to make sure that I did not get rejected, you know, that next time around. So I feel like that, you know, again, going through it, you're frustrated, you're upset by it, you're, you're, you're questioning yourself. However, looking back again, nine years after that, you know, happened, I was able to do it. So. Wow. So have you been able to kind of connect the dots on when you were able to get things or where you've been able to get things that you wanted versus the times where you weren't successful in getting them? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that way. I mean, what we just talked about, the whole social service organization, even even with the coffee house. So we had a gentleman and I, we had another friend that we grew up with who had, he had, uh, had a bar for a long time. He was burnt out on it. So sat down and talked to us and we were actually going to, we looked at opening a bar. 
again, that didn't play out the way we wanted it to be. We were looking for investors. People had an interest in it, but I don't know that they had the, the appetite for it. So that fell by the wayside. And ultimately, we got to the point of getting, you know, people's second vice. If it's not alcohol, it's coffee. <laughs> so we got to the point where we were able to open up a coffee house. And the blessing in it, man, is we bootstrapped it. I mean, no, you know, we, we, we use our own cash. Didn't other than some credit card debt, we didn't go take out a loan. You know, we learned the process. We walked the process from getting your certifications to your drawings, to your plumbing permits. We did it all. And again, so I take, I take a, I look back on what if we would have opened that car, that, that bar, used other people's money and it was not successful. Think about some of the bridges that you burn. However, we, we bootstrapped it. We're learning, we're learning and growing every day. Uh, not to mention we've all, we've been able to acquire our own liquor license. So at this point, it's like, you know, uh, we, we, we can, we answer to ourselves. We don't have a lot of debt on it. And so we have the opportunity to grow the business organically and not tarnish it by focusing on when the next dollar is coming in or changing our, our image in the community or our perception. Um, so we get a, we get a more organic growth, man. So I think that's what, and it's going to be way more sustainable, way more sustainable in the long run. Now you're taking me down the path. So Tell me how you get in a position in order to bootstrap it, you know, and we're not talking about bootstrapping. We're talking about you guys were in a financial position where you could, you know, make these investments in your own project instead of running around with your dream and saying, hey, will you invest in my dream? I want you yeah. to give me your money. So if I mess up, you know, I, I don't have it. It doesn't hurt me. It's always your fault. <laughs> you know, I must put my time in it, but you know, your money's at risk. So tell me, Tell me about this thought of, you know, being independent, being, in a, in a sense, self-made. And talk to me about why you guys took that approach. I think one of the things, man, sometimes we get so caught up in, you know, let's put together this document, you know, let's sit down and iron out all the details. And her and I didn't take that approach. We said, look, we know we want to do business together. We, we're going to start saving money. So, I mean, literally, we opened up account. We didn't even open up a business account. We just opened an account and started dumping money in there, man. And we literally, um, we literally spent a year saving money, right? And it wasn't about, oh, let's get this LLC started. It wasn't about, oh, let's, you know, sit down and sign a 60-page agreement of how we're not going to cross one another. We're just going to be honest, stand-up people, right? And I think that goes to, you know, not only – the, the, our character, but also our ability to work together and, and step out there and trust one another. Um, and that, that was the first thing, man, is, is you have to put yourself in that financial position because whether you go to a bank, whether you go to friends or family, a, a credit union, a lender, they want to see what skin in the game you have, right? And if you don't have any skin in the game for your own dream, then why would you expect anybody else to put any, put any of their skin in the game? Because you, because you tell them your financial projections are going to be awesome. You know, <laughs> what business plan doesn't say after three years we start making money? I, everyone that I've written or everyone that I've seen tells you that, right? So um, I think that's the first step is we just started saving money, man. We literally saved for, the, for an entire year before we bought our first, our first investment property. It took us 10 months to open up this coffee house. And we literally spent six months 
just learning the business, going to different coffee houses, talking to different people, going to different uh, coffee festivals, reading about single origin coffees, just any and everything we could, man. We were just like sponges, man, attempting to soak up as much knowledge as possible. I respect it. So did you guys want outside investors or did you want to own the whole thing on your own? We we really wanted I'm all about ownership. So that that to me that's a good point you bring up, man. While we don't own the facility that the coffee house is in, you know, we do own the coffee house, you know, ourselves. It would have been nice to have investors. However, not everybody is in the business of being of being in the coffee business. <laughs> you know, not everybody is in the business of customer service. Not everybody is in the business of, you know, you know, having early failures to make great success stories down the road. So people are pulling at us about another location for the sake of, uh, of liking what we've put together. Uh, we may consider some some investors next time around. But on this first time, man, we, we looked at the numbers and we said, let's, again, let's just pull it together ourselves. Let's be owners. You know, it would be great, you know, to, to have investors. But at the end of the day, we, we took our own leap of faith to show and demonstrate, you know, not only to individuals we know what we're doing, but we also have skin in the game ourselves and what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's beautiful right there, man. Absolutely beautiful. I've, I've watched so many people, they'll come to me and they're like, yeah, I need somebody to invest in this vision. It's like, what proof of concept do you have that this is actually going to work? <laughs> oh, well, I know it's going to work. It's in my heart. Uh, right, right. Good luck getting that funded, guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. There, there's a community um, in Cincinnati that they had built a, a new facility. Uh, we pitched to them about opening a location. Surprisingly enough, they said yes. And, and again, it, it was, I think we were caught up in the hype of working with this big developer. Went down the process, signed a letter of intent, and then they send us a 60-page lease. And we're like, wait a minute. This is like, <laughs> this, is not, this is not a partnership. We were looking for a partnership. They just wanted somebody to pay the bill because of who they owe. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're not here to pay your bills. We want to partner with someone. So we did a, some negotiation. Long story short, we, we killed, I killed the deal. So much so that other people started to pull out. And they were calling us trying to say, hey, well, can we sit down and talk? And we're like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. We're going we're gonna to get good at this and what we're doing. And, and we'll, look at, we'll look at another venture down the road. So it, it, it goes both ways when it comes to people. People just expect sometimes for you not to do your homework. Doing your homework and, and doing your research is critical, man. It is so critical in the game. And, and I've been that guy who had an idea or a dream and didn't do my homework. and Either it didn't go well or people said, well, what's your skin in the game? And I, and I, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily take heed to it. But as I got older and started to educate myself more, it makes a big difference, man. Huge, huge, huge difference. Hedging that risk, man. All right. So Absolutely. having let, let's just talk about financial fitness a little bit right now since since we went down this path of you being able to put your own skin in the game. So how have you set yourself up or what have you been able to do um, to grow your income and I guess keep your expenses low so that you have space to save? Talk to me about kind of your views on money and how it's to be spent or how it's to be used and yeah. how you got into this place where, you, you know, you're an owner. 
so man, my grandmother, um, she uh, she was very influential in my life growing up, and and she got into the stock market game, you know, just on the whim, talking to somebody at her job, man. So ultimately, at a young age, she got me into the stock market game, and and really, it was really about it was really about identifying companies that do what they call drip funds, right? So dividend reinvestment. Um, and that's nothing more than, hey, I buy a stock, and instead of you sending me when that company pays out a dividend, don't send it to me, just reinvest it back into my stock portfolio. And you'll, if you do that over 10 years, you know, you, you'll look up and you'll say, wow, I bought 10 shares, but through dividend reinvestments, you know, I'm, I'm getting another share a year or, you know, whatever the case may be. So that was one thing is, is investing into those uh, types of stocks. Some of your newer companies don't do it as much now, but like your P&Gs and some of your older companies, they actually do that. The second thing was just a Roth, maxing out my Roth IRA account, man. Um, so, you know, in a, in a tax year, you can put, you know, 5,500 in there. You know, you do that, you know, starting in your 20s and, and doing that for years. The math, at, you know, compounding interest adds up real quick. Uh, so that's another thing I do for myself, man. Um, and then every time I get a raise, man, I, I just... I reinvested. If I was able to live off a certain salary prior to getting that raise, then that money needs to go right back. I need to be investing that money, right? So I know it's easy to say, oh, I got an extra 150 a week. Let me take that. But no, I was living without it already. So let me take it and reinvest it. So I don't believe in buying new cars. I don't believe in uh, in uh, car notes. <laughs> so uh you know, I, I'm not the, the guy that's going to go out and buy the nicest, biggest car. Do I like nice cars? And, you know, I, I have plenty of kids, so I, I, I have trucks and all of that, but I don't believe in, in, in car notes, man. So either buy a cash or, or find some way to um, put a substantial down payment down and do it close to when you know you're about to get some more money. Tax time, you know, if you're getting some kind of bonus, if somebody's going to give you some cash. So that way you can just pay that thing right off, man. So, and, and the other piece, you know, a couple other things is, you know, we've all been in that situation where you're in so much credit card debt. You don't, you don't know what bill to pay first, but you know, when you have an opportunity to do 0% interest, capitalize on it, man. If you could do 0% interest for a year to pay off one credit card and have 0%, that saves you, you know, thousands of dollars, you know, a year. So, um, those are just some of the things that I do, man. And, and even when it comes to business, now that I'm acquiring more, I get more 0% interest stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, let's use that. Let's use their money. Um, and, and that's what I'm ultimately trying to get to the point of using the bank's money. Uh, cash is king. Uh, so to be able to walk into the bank and say, look, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z uh, is huge. I also tell people when you're, don't wait until things are tight for you to go to the bank. <laughs> when things are going well, just go get you a line of credit. And just let it sit there. You know, that way, if things ever go get tight or you're strapped for cash, you have something right there that you can go tap into. You know, so th those are some of the things that I buy by, man. Um, and at the, in the world that we're in now, if anybody, I, I believe everything is negotiable. So, man, when I go, I, I'm not into couponing. I, I wish I was, but everything's negotiable. <laughs> You know, so when you go pay for something, ask for a discount. The worst they can do is tell you no. Or when you do go somewhere, uh, I'm I'm big on returning things. Like if I bought something and I didn't use it, I'm going to return it. I'm not going to keep it. 
You know, I'm trying to keep as much of my cash as I can and reinvest it. So I'm I'm not going to let that slide. You said you're trying to go to the bank, and that's not true. You you go to the bank. So talk to me about building a relationship with a community bank, because I don't think a whole lot of people understand the power of being able to walk into a community bank and get deals done. Yeah. Oh, man, that that's huge, man. So the first couple of deals on property that we did, I actually used Quicken Loans. Funny enough, they basically were like, oh, no, 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 we need you to slow down on, on purchasing. And I'm like, what do you mean? If I can afford it, that shouldn't be an issue. So. I had a friend of mine, she's, she's really big into real estate. She was like, hey, go try out this community bank credit union. So I went to them, had a good conversation with them. And, and that's the thing about those smaller banks. They, they have more flexibility. Um, and so did my first deal with them. Um, and, and not only was I able to purchase a piece of property, I actually put it in my business name. And that's another good thing. You know, if you want to keep your debt to income looking good as much as you can, move things into your business and out of your personal name. Um, so you're building that business uh, credibility as well. And I started to talk to the lady and she actually, she actually asked me what, what was my long-term strategy and goals and, and that I was, that I was attempting to achieve. So once I had an opportunity to sit down and talk about that, um, that, that kind of opened up the, the gates for me. She put me in touch with some of their wealth, their wealth management uh, and strategic teams. And so um when I do come for, to them for things, they kind of know me a little bit. Um, I, I make sure that at the end of the day, whether it's Christmas or the holidays, you know, send them something to take to stay top of mind because that relationship building and that rapport building is going to be huge for you being able to get the things that you want. I mean, they they go to bat for me when I come in the bank and, and the underwriter is being a, a, a asshole about <laughs> about something that I'm trying to get. So. Nice, nice, nice. I, that community bank play is not one that many people understand. So oh, man, don't underestimate it. That. So, Eric, what are you most grateful for? Oh, man, um, I'm really grateful for, for family health, man. I mean, you know, I just look around and, and you look at our communities and, and, and some of the things that we talk about in the community. Uh, so really just help, not only from with my kids, you know, my grandmother is 90 years old, still living on her own, still up and moving. Um, and that's a blessing, man. She has more years behind her than ahead of her. However, she is still continuing to live life. My mother, she's had some health challenges, but at the same time, her working for me and us working together, I think that's helped. But really just health, man. We, we take it for granted oftentimes. You know, I have four healthy, beautiful children who, who are amazing you know, to me. And, and sometimes I, a lot of times I am still shocked at some of the things and some of the, the things that they observe and some of the things that come, that come out of their mouth or questions that they ask, inquiring about careers and inquiring about business, you know, and inquiring about things that I'm doing, man. So uh, just health and perspective. And so here's the final question, the way we wrap up every episode. If people kind of checked out for the last, you know, 45 minutes, hour, and they didn't really catch anything. What's the one message you want people to take away from our talk? The one thing I want people to take away from 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 what we've talked about, man, is you got you gotta have skin in the game in your own dream. You gotta be, you know, we all are believers, but if you have if you want somebody to believe in what you're doing, 
you got to show them the skin in the game that you have. It could be, you know, it could be education. It could be financial. It could be a team resources. Your dream is your dream and you have to protect that dream by all means. At the same time, you have to be willing to show individuals what you're willing to, to, to sacrifice for your dream. What are you willing to sacrifice for your commitment? What are you willing to forego in order to support and take your dream to, to make your dream either reality or take your dream from reality to the next level of, of escalation or success that you're looking for? My brother, my brother, dreams should be real, Eric. I appreciate <laughs> you doing the show, man. This was amazing. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I appreciate you you taking the time to, to chop it up with me. I'm glad we reconnected, man. Um, uh, I, I remember, remember we were playing football together, and uh, they go. had uh, go. I need to they had, the they had, they had uh, study hall. Make sure you get this recorded. We they we after your what, freshman year or first semester you didn't have to go to study hall no more, and they were talking about the student athletes and they called your name you know Jerome Myers you know three point blah blah blah, and they called my name. I remember you came up to me. You was like, "Yo, E, I didn't realize you were, you were smart." And I was like, "I just I, I just kind of looked for a minute. I was like, you know, I just kind of you know I, I you know it wasn't no big deal." Then you was like, "Hey, man." Um, let me get your number, man. We need to connect. And I just say, I just tell that story to say how, you know, first encounters with, with people and our first encounter to now, you know, uh, much respect because uh, I, I always saw how you were moving back in the day and much success to what you're doing. And um, if there's anything I can do to help or support, man, absolutely let me know. Uh, would love to continue to, to, to connect and, and, and thrive with individuals. Hey, it's 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 homecoming season, man. I'll see it's you in a few season, days. Geho in the house, yeah, man. Yeah, it's homecoming season. I appreciate you telling that story, man. I, you know, I, a whole lot of people don't know this, but I don't remember anything from two thousand one to about late two thousand and five. I was in a pretty bad car accident. Oh wow! My whole college experience got erased. So wow, it's uh, it's always interesting. You could tell me anything about college, and I was I have to throw my hands up and say, hey, <laughs> uh, if you say so, I don't know. But if uh, yeah, so, that, that's interesting. Yeah, man, you I remember you asked me for my number, and that's how we started. That's how we started kicking it, man, and, and just connecting. You know, through football, we'd go grab lunch or something together, man. But yeah, that's how we that's how we started to connect, man. Well, thanks again, man. Hey, guys, if you made it to this point in the podcast, you must really like it. So do me a favor. Give us a written rating and review and share this with somebody, man. Eric's story is amazing. It's been super, super exciting to hear him tell it. And I think it's going to help a ton of people. So with that, we're signing off, man. Talk to you soon. If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamsdemirreal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it.